Do you want us to keep producing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there? If so, there's a way you can help. If you enjoy this show, please consider donating to help us pay for the cost of making it available. You can do so by using the PayPal link in the description of the podcast or on social media sites where we post it. Even a small donation would help. Thanks in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Well, folks, welcome to Rams Rewind. I've had it up to here. I've had it up to here with guards who play soft, especially when going to the rim, with guards who can't make shots at the damn rim. I've kind of, I've, I've just had, and I've had it up to here with these kinds of losses. And yes, I know it's a new coach and it's not all his fault and all of that. But I've had it up to here with these kinds of losses. Had it, had it, had it. Welcome to Rams Rewind, live here in the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. I hope you like what you hear tonight in spite of what I'm going to say. If you do, there is a link, <coughs> excuse me, in the PayPal. Uh, in the description to the PayPal. And we will shout you out like our good friends Scott Van Benshoten and Kevin Sims who gave us donations. And I've been a little lax in shouting them out. So I want to say thank you to them and appreciate everybody who has supported Rams Rewind these last couple of years that we've done it. And this one's going to be tough because once again, there was a lot of good out there tonight. There was a lot of good out there tonight. There were some plays that are jaw-dropping. But I got to tell you something, when your two starting guards are 7 of 27 in a game that you lose in overtime, when one of them has a wide open layup right at the buzzer to win the game, and he can't hit it, he goes one-handed for reasons I'm not even sure why, and it's so bad that that on Twitter a guy of some – some repute who used to work for Barstool's clowning him for it. <clears throat> and then we get in the overtime. And the other guard double clutches a layup. Why? I don't know. <clears throat> but that seems to be his thing. Like, in the first half, Max Solga took the contact and made the layup. And I thought, great. He's finally doing that. But in the second half, two or three times, he's trying to avoid the contact. Instead of just shooting the stinking shot. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the missed layups at the rim. I'm sick of the dead go. I'm sick of Zeb Jackson doing the pump fake. And instead of going under the under the two guys jumping towards the rim, doing a pirouette backwards and taking a very tough fadeaway jumper. Why? Why, Zeb? Doggone it. Three for 14 from the field tonight. And only five of those were three. And he quit shooting that for the most part. But you're three from nine inside of two. And maybe one of them was a long jumper. Bill Baldacci, he didn't want Toby to foul out. And that is a worry with Toby. Even though a couple of the calls were such BS, ticky-tack nonsense. No, Mitch, I can't have a drink. 
because I got to work tomorrow. I need a drink. I need several after this. I, I don't, you know, Mitch, I don't know if Zeb thinks he's ace. I'm not sure what Zeb is thinking. But honestly, Zeb doesn't need to start the next game for me. I have had it with him in this stuff. He's got to be under control. He's got to play more under the control than he does. I mean, what did, what did I say in the game thread? When they blew that flipping, that flipping fast break that they had off the turnover, Zeb is, I think it's Zeb, a simple bounce pass to Shulga that's accurate, and it's a layup. Instead, he tries to take it all the way. He misses the layup. They get the rebound. It ends with a Shulga three-pointer in the corner, which of course doesn't go in. Kiss my grits. you got to take advantage of stuff like that because Memphis did every chance they could get to get early offense on VCU. They took it. And I don't care that the box is going to tell you that they only had three fast break points tonight. They had several times that they scored with early offense before VCU's defense was set. Transition defense. How often do we talk about it? Memphis couldn't hit the broadside of a barn to start this game. They were 4 for 17 or whatever it is. They ended up 23 for 40 the rest of the game. And a lot of those were either drives to the basket or they were beating VCU down the floor and getting threes or whatever. Heck, Jones, the only three he got was exactly that. VCU gets the gets a nice bucket to get a four-point lead. Nobody gets back. Jones hits his only three, makes it one. So VCU, when they had a chance to make the break in the second half, couldn't. Transition offense and defense. What is it? What is it? Golly Moses. What are we? I, I mean, again, what do I I have to ask the question? I have to ask this question because I used to ask it all the time. What are we working on in practice? Because I don't know. I don't know. Tori, I'm not having that excuse. I'm not. This is a game they should have won. This is a game they should have won. Yes, Mike Urbanski, and that's it. Let facts cook. Let facts cook. Because I'll tell you what, Fats was 5 of 12. Only about a couple of his, uh, almost every time he missed, it looked like it was going in. His shot is beautiful. And that dunk that he made when it looked like he double dribbled, that was incredible. Man. I, and, and look, Michael Bell only had three points and four boards, but he is such a good defender. I want him out there. I want him out there. And Zeb can sit down at this point for me, especially in the dead gum, in the dead gum crunch time. I don't want to hear the excuses tonight from people because this this is the same damn thing. This is like Iowa State and Boise State. These you played real well. And because they couldn't get rebounds late in the game, especially once LaWall got out. Got, got sat down, and they paid the price. Almost every dadgum time they paid the price. And because they couldn't get back on defense at cri- critical moments, and because their two starting guards, quite frankly, 
weren't very good tonight. They lose this game. At least they made their free throws. I'll give them that. Jackson and Shulga made their free throws tonight. Five or six and four or five. I I just I I'm just I, I I'm trying to find the words here because it was such a good start to the game. I was listening to it. They were playing really good defense. Doug Hines, yes and no. Yes, you can make the argument Penny outcoached Ryan Odom in some senses, but let's be perfectly honest. Penny was stubborn in the first half with that man-to-man defense, and going to the zone helped a little, but honestly, Penny could have cost him the game with that. Oh, goodness. Not And, and that's the other thing. If you're going to drive in the lane, which we want, we want you to drive in the lane, get all the way to the stinking rim. Because, honestly, it's one thing when it's transitioning, you're trying to avoid a charge, do that little pull-up jumper. But I don't want to see it. I, I don't want to see that when you're in half court. Get to the stinking rim. Crime a niddly. Um, it's been a while since we've had a losing non-conference record, and honestly, I don't think that's going to happen, Bruce. I really don't. I think we're going to win some of these games. Because, again, this Memphis team is going to end up being a really good team. This will probably be end up being a quad two loss because they'll be top 50. They probably won't be top 35. But, man, seriously, some of these, some of these things – Pointing to my, I'm pointing to the head because honestly, that's what not getting back on defense is a brain fade thing. That is that is your head right there. That is not thinking about the game, not thinking about the things you need to think about. Oh, Jesus, Lord have mercy! How did we lose this game when we played so well? When we had we had five guys in double figures, even though two of them played like garbage, in my opinion. And we could have had six. Furman had nine. And he made some good plays. You know, Furman makes a mistake defensively, come down, comes down and hits two free throws in the one-and-one. One. That was big. If they'd have won that game, I'd be spotlighting that more. <sighs> yeah, and you know what, Ryan Thompson? That's the other thing. That's a great play call Ryan Odom drew up. The problem was the wrong guy was taking the shot. What? I mean, I'm sorry. We need to have layup practice, apparently. Or those two need to have layup practice. And we got to have practice about transition defense. Yeah, Toby's looking great. <clears throat> if he doesn't foul out, we win. And that fourth foul he got was ticky-tack BS. And there was another foul that was just nonsense, given what was going, how the game was being played. And that's the other thing. VCU got all them fouls on Memphis early, and those dang refs were determined to make them up. And it seemed like whenever they got a makeup call, it was either on one of our best players or they were getting to the foul line. And I'll tell you something else. You know what I want to see a lineup of at some point? I want to see what a Billups-Bell-Nelson lineup will look like. I want to see that. Because I'll tell you something, that might just be better 
than the Jackson Shulga Bell lineup. Um, Bearstow, they're pushing it back now. They're saying not very likely for Alcorn. So I'd give it another week, which is fine. I want him to be healthy because we're going to need him. Yes, Bruce Stevenson. And somebody in the other chat I was in was saying it was definitely a goal 10. No, it definitely was not a, not a goal 10. He, he gets that ball and just barely touches it right before it hits the backboard. And if those blind guys in the black and white stripes had not called it, it would have been fine. But because they called it, they couldn't overturn it because it was so close. Kiss my grits. After all them goaltends that went against us both ways, some they reviewed and it hurt us, some they didn't review <coughs> when they should have. That freaking rears its ugly head. These refs stunk tonight. See, I, th I thought he got it before the backcourt. They could have overturned it, yes, and they didn't. And the reason was it was that close. Well, again, with Wheeler, I don't know. I mean, look, I just hope I hope he's working on it in practice. Darren, they do need to make a high number, but you know what? They need to think be they need to be thinking of the other team once in a while. I mean, granted, they did get a nine assist tonight, but if you look at if you look at how we played, it was not really ideal. Let's give VCU this much credit. They actually did a pretty good job on turnovers after halftime. They only had three turnovers after halftime. So they actually had more assists than turnovers, which is unusual. They had 13 assists, 12 turnovers. The problem is 13 assists on 29 made field goals is not good offense. It's not. Well, Penn State losing doesn't make me feel better because that's we need them to win and be good, Mitch. And that's not helping. <sighs> You got to do better. Ryan Odom's got to do better. The coaching staff's got to do better. And they've got to be willing to pull these guys, even though they're the stars of the team. Zeb's got to sit down when he does stuff like that. Shulga's got to sit down when he does stuff like that. I'd be look. I'd be saying, hey, look, there's certain things. Like, the wall and Fermin, if you bring the ball below your sternum, you're going to be over here for a minute or two with me explaining to you why you should not do that. Quit doing that. Shoga, Zeb, go, go, go through the contact. Don't be afraid of the contact. And for God's sakes, if you don't have to go with one hand for the layup, don't. Freaking these one-handed layups, it's like one-handed rebounds. It's just as bad. I can't stand it. Zeb's twirling his body around with him, doing these one-handed layups, and none of them are going in. Good grief. Good grief. Funny thing is, I mean, VCU ended up with more offensive rebounds, 17 to 13. And they ended up plus six on second chance points. A lot of that's down to the late part of the second half. But you know what? Is 18 points on 17 offensive rebounds really enough? No, it's not. No, it's not. And it felt like we paid the piper a lot late in the game and in the overtime for not getting second for not getting rebounds. 
Felt like we played paid to Piper a lot. Amazingly, Memphis ended up winning the rebounding battle plus two, even though VCU was plus four. Only 12 turnovers, Mitch. They did a good job on that. The only three after halftime. They got, and they turned Memphis over, 18. Jones and Quinterly had 11 of them. These are the things that should have won them the game. But guess what Memphis did? In the first half, they were 8 for 10 from the foul line, and they were plus 7 at the foul line. That kept them in the game. And what did they do in overtime? 8 for 8. That is how you win. Making foul shots down the stretch, that is how you win. And in the second half, just the second half, VCU made hay at the foul line, 11 of 14 to Memphis being a 7-11. That kept VCU in this game and gave them a chance to win. But they couldn't take that chance. They couldn't take that chance. Just like they couldn't take it against Boise, just like they couldn't take it against Iowa State. And I know it's the new coach. And I know we have to give him time. And I know about all the new roster. But I'm sorry, I'm kind of getting tired of hearing that. Because we're about to be 10 games in. The game on Sunday against Alcorn State is your 10th game. At that point, we start looking at the stats and doing VCU by the numbers because you've had a real sample size. It, Tori, it's both. And I'll tell you, here's why it's both. That's, that's actually a great question, Tori Selby. But who does that come down to really? Is that Odom or is that the player's choices? It's both. Because when certain players keep making the same mistakes and they don't get sat down, you start blaming the coach. That's what you do. That's what I've always done. Because honestly, you got to have consequences and you got to have accountability. If, you, if the two centers that we love to death, Christian Furman and Toby Lawal, keep bringing the ball down to their hip and keep turning it over and nothing happens, they're going to keep doing it. If Max, if Max Sholga and, and, and Zeb Jackson continue to miss these layups because they're either trying to avoid the contact or they're twisting their body for no reason or they're going with one hand for no reason or whatever it is and nothing happens, you sit him down. And you really don't have an excuse for the guards because you got Michael Bell, because you got Jason Nelson, because you got Fats Phillips. You can sit down Max and Zeb if they're doing stuff they're not supposed to. Honestly, I want to see a Phillips-Nelson-Bell lineup because I bet you it would be better than what people would think. And that's it, Bill Baldacci. It is. We're about a third of the season. Yes. That's, that's the excuses. The sell-by, we're just about up on the excuses. Just the same thing was it was the same thing last year. We had these exact same complaints with seven new players on last year, and then they did get there together. Bradley Heath, I don't know, but I can tell you this: Michael Bell's a hell of a defender, and I want to see him out there as much as possible because because he's maybe our best defender already, and he's a freshman. That's Phillips when he gets rolling. He is a fearsome sight. The man's a freak athlete. And that's the other thing. The other thing that should have won him this game is the fact that in Billups and Lawal, they have two absolute freak athletes. 
Two guys who do stuff that you cannot coach and you cannot stop the you cannot stop as an opposing coach. Some of those plays LaWall makes with those go gadget, go go gadget arms and legs, or Cheryl Woodward said to me on Twitter, she compared LaWall to Tigger. The bouncing, the the bouncing Tigger from from Winnie the Pooh. You can't do anything to stop that. You can't. And you can't do anything to coach that. That's God-given. Phillips with that long stride and those long arms and that leaping ability and that three-point ability. That There aren't a lot of players with that combination. And the ones that have it, they're in the NBA, a bunch of them. That's the kind of talent Fats Phillips has. And he's got to get out there more. I'm sorry. I would start him. I'd be happy to see him start over Zeb Jackson today. And at least he's getting the minutes now. He got 28 minutes tonight. I love that. But Zeb got 38 and he was 3 for 14. Shulga got 41 and he was 4 for 13. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And I don't care that they're supposed to be the best players. And I don't care that Zeb's a team captain. And I don't care that Max was one of the number one recruits for Ryan Odom to bring him over here. Because when that kind of stuff's happening on the floor, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. And that's despite a great effort by everybody. Like I say, this wasn't laziness or stuff like that. It's just mental mistakes, most of them. But But a little bit of softness. And I'm sorry, that's what it is. Those kind of misses close to the basket, that's soft. And I think they know that. I think both of them know that. And they got to look at themselves in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm not going to worry about if I get hit. I'm going to try to make the shot anyway. And leave it up to something. And you know what? Whether it's called or not, that's Ryan Odom's job to work the refs so you get those calls. I, I You know what? I still like Kawani starting. I do like Kawani starting, even if he only plays 15 minutes. But but I do what, what I want to see more often than any other lineup right now is Nelson, Phillips, and Bell. Because I'll tell you something about those three guys that you ain't any softness in those three. Nelson's the smallest guy on the floor, and he's going right at people. He made some big shots out there tonight. And I loved what he did. I love some of the stuff he was doing out there. It's tough. Nelson's tough. And I like him. Phillips is tough, and I like him. And LaWall's tough, and I like him. And I'm sorry. Sometimes you just got to be the tougher team. And, and honest to goodness, we saw a lot of that under Mike Rhodes. There were a lot of games at VCU won because they were simply the tougher team. They weren't the better team. They weren't particularly skilled at times. So it was ugly, but they were the tougher team. And the tougher team wins a lot of the time in, the, in college basketball. It really does. And Memphis was the tougher team tonight, as it turned out. And that's, that's hard to take on your home floor. Oh, crime in Italy. We're four and five. We're four and five. It just gets on my nerves.
It just gets on my nerves because this really could have been a really great start to the season. And because they haven't gotten the job done in late games, and for all the people that get mad at Doug Hines about saying, I see no difference, that's why Doug Hines can say that. Because these kinds of things keep happening across regimes. And it's infuriating. And I get why he's frustrated over it. I get why he says that. Because then you think with a new coach, we might not do that kind of stuff anymore. And yet, we're having these same kinds of conversations again. Again. Huh. So how do they fix it, Mike Urbanski? It's a good question. I think some of it is just got to be looking in the mirror, acknowledging what they're doing wrong and doing it better. Honestly, when it comes to the – I mean, honestly, I would have a practice – where we're just going to pra- where where they're going to they when they where they're going to practice on layups, especially layups with contact and getting back on defense. Cuz the layups with contact's one thing, not getting back on defense is your head. That's terrible. You 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 just cuz you make a shot doesn't mean you have to relax. That's not the way this game is played or should be played. You have you have to you you just you have to be on it all the time. You cannot afford to freaking to freaking let it let your concentration slip even for a moment. Because the reason that game's in overtime is because Donald Jones went out and hit that three because nobody got back. Because Quinterly got an easy layup because nobody got back. Okay, Sunday, 2 o'clock, Alcorn State, I'm off. So, again, same again. I'll be watching the game with you in the uh, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly group in the game threads. And if you're not a part of the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly group, join us because we have great game threads. We keep track on all our other teams on campus. We keep track of of our non-conference opponents and our A-10 brethren. It was kind of an interesting night there, kind of a mixed bag. BCU really could have helped the conference out by winning, and they didn't. And, of course, the live videos when I can do it here after games, and we'll be doing that uh, Sunday against Alcorn State. Uh, and that'll be out later Sunday in podcast land. This will probably be out in podcast land Thursday morning, and we hope you enjoy it. So, everybody in the game thread, Great job as always. Everybody in the live video, once we actually got it to work and could get comments, thank you for your comments. I really appreciate it. And we'll see you Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, and if you're in podcast land, for hopefully VCU getting back to 500. And at least let's win these last four non-conference games. Get Barristow back. Get him, get him, ease him in, get him integrated and get ready for 2024 and the start of conference play. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for being on the video in the in the group. Um, talk to you guys later. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind. <laughs>